The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. And TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by thegrillposition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network. Also presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network. We are sponsored by collarandelbowbrand.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. So in partnership with hypecityvapors.com, where you get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape using promo code JKPODCAST. Also our newest sponsor, Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located right there in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Use just mentioned Turnbuckle Talk, and you can get a discount on all your vape juice and hardware there. You can found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. You can listen to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, CastBox, and the list goes on and on. As always, I am Big Joe. I'm Carl Carafel. All right, Carl, another week has come and gone in the world of professional wrestling. To start off here, we have a little NXT stuff going on here. Finally, the debut on USA Network. Yes, the debut finally happened. Um, very mixed reviews from what I have seen on the program itself. Yep, uh, I, can, I can definitely get some of that for me. I thought it was a, it was a pretty solid show. It started off with, uh, I love the, um, of course I know you do too now, the, that uh, Slip, Slipknot song is their kind of their theme right now. Um, so it sets that kind of tone at the beginning that we are not your kind. I like that kind of the approach of that. It definitely uh, fits with with that whole deal there. And yeah, Triple H kind of uh, in a darkened kind of scene there, uh, kind of setting the tone. And we had a first first match on uh, USA Network, Candice LeRae defeating Mia Yim via pinfall. Um, also, uh, Io Shirai and Bianca Belair in there as well to become that number one contender for that championship. So, Candice LeRae finally uh, getting a shot. Yeah, it's about time that uh, something's coming around and things are starting to look up for Candice LeRae. Absolutely. She definitely deserves it. Then we had Cameron Grimes versus Sean Maluda. Kind of nice to see him again. It was a good, uh, solid match there with uh, Cameron Grimes getting the win there. Then we had a really interesting one we had for the North American Championship. We had Roderick Strong actually defeating the Velveteen Dream to win that to, to win that title, which brings up an interesting thing now. Um, we aren't the only ones that have been kind of predicting this or kind of calling for this. The Undisputed Era now holds all of the gold minus the Women's Championship. As they have said, going through all the way into this matchup on the USA Network. The prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> so, like I said, outside of that women's title, which actually raises a, uh, a bigger question that I think relatively few of us wrestling podcasters have been kind of thinking about, could there possibly be room to maybe bring in at least one women's wrestler into the fold? That way they can then literally hold all of the NXT gold. There's definitely room for it. There's no reason why there uh, couldn't be. 
Uh, this is something that we have seen from other different companies and, you know, taking a look at Ring of Honor, Ring mm-hmm. of Honor with Lifeblood had uh, Tennille Dashwood in there yes. for a little bit of time and stuff. So, I mean, it is, it's, it's workable, it's doable and it can happen. Now, if you had to pick somebody from the, uh, the group there, who do you think would, uh, kind of fit there? Candice LeRae. Candice LeRae. I'm going to go a bit of a different approach here. I'm going to say Rhea Ripley from over in NXT UK. I think she fits that whole kind of mindset with the Undisputed Era there. And uh, then you'd have that intimidating female presence there. I think she would be a shoe-in for that group. That's that's a good choice as well. My only issue with that is that she's needed over on NXT UK. Very true. Especially so, right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not saying that the uh, women's division over there is in any type of dying form, because it definitely is not, Mm -hmm. but Rhea Ripley is definitely needed over there. There's unfinished business that has to happen over there. Uh, They're starting new stories with her over there anyways. So I think something like this, if you're going to play off and and get a good storyline going, Mm -hmm. I think the only pick. Yeah, because uh, Ray Ripley, like I had mentioned, she's got the, some things going on. Specifically, lately, um, coming up soon, she's got a match. Or at least they're setting up with a match with our friend Jazzy. So that's going to be a good matchup with those two. I'm looking forward to seeing that one when it happens. Me too. It definitely will be a very hard-hitting powerhouse yeah. type of matchup. No kidding. Then we had Pete, speaking of hard hitting, we had Pete Dunn versus Arturo Rujas. Um, Pete Dunn winning uh, via submission there. Always fun to watch Pete Dunn work in a, uh, a match. And uh, it seems to be like he's going to be a mainstay over in the, um, the North American version of NXT, which is interesting considering the big push also going on with the UK, the, uh, UK brand. Sorry. Yeah, it is definitely the way that it seems. Um, mm-hmm. Could things change? Probably. I don't think that uh, we're going to see him as a mainstay. There's way too many people already on the uh, the NXT roster, even guys that like we don't even know of or haven't seen very much of that can be used. I think this is all just for a couple of weeks, uh, star power coming into the USA Network and getting things kind of going and moving and rolling. And then we're going to start to see some of these UK stars going back to the UK, and we won't see them on the regular NXT North American rosters any longer. Yeah. And speaking of the NXT UK, Walter and the Imperium made their presence felt there as well. And then Kushida, uh, strangely enough, coming out and kind of uh, confronting the group, and Walter just beating the piss out of him. Just Walter style, big guy against little Kushida. He didn't stand a chance. That's right. He definitely did not. I mean, this was a very good setup in my mind anyways. Um, going into all of this, there, there's actually talks of, you know, a Walter versus Kushida match happening at some mm. point soon. Yeah. So obviously that's what they're working towards. And I think that this was a very good way to go about it. Uh, we're going to see, you know, the big guy. Um, not that's a bad thing because it if it's done properly, it works. So that's... I'm pretty sure what we're going to be seeing at some point here soon, uh, either winner out of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm okay with it. I, I'm a fan of both guys. So we'll, we'll just have to see how all of this plays out for sure. Then we had Leo rush 
versus Oni Lurkin for the number one contendership for the Cruiserweight Championship. It was a pretty solid match. Uh, Leo Rush making a bit of a comeback, and Leo Rush is going to get a shot at the, the, the Cruiserweight title. That's an interesting uh, kind of development there. It seems like they, they want to put a little bit uh, behind Leo Rush there, which is interesting considering what kind of happened there and with the whole deal. It definitely is, but, uh, I mean, second chances are always given. Yep. Right, and uh, as the world of professional wrestling, never say never when it comes to anything within the world of professional wrestling. So yeah, I'm I'm okay with this. I mean, Leo Rush may have a large chip on his shoulder, but he is a very good talent, and hopefully, maybe he's been told that he needs to humble himself a little bit, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, opportunities will come your way if you decide to humble yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you have a good match with only Lorcan, then for those of you who aren't familiar, go and watch some of his work. I know he's not really kind of a household name, but the guy's one of the better workers in the company, uh, NXT especially. And yeah, puts on really great matches. So hey, if you can do well against him, you know, you're definitely going to get some notoriety there. So Leo Rush, like I said, getting a chance at that Cruiserweight Championship, which is going to be uh, interesting to see who uh, what happens with that. And then to uh, end off the show, we had a street fight between, uh, this is Bruin Bruin for quite a while here. We had Matt Riddle versus Killian Dane. And uh, this actually ended a no contest because pretty much everybody from the back uh, got involved in this in some respect here. Uh, the Forgotten Sons, uh, Street Profits, Pete Dunn, uh, um, Dijak, uh, or Dominic Dijakovic, sorry. Uh, yeah, just everybody get involved in this, and it was just a, a brawl to kind of end off this uh, debut show on uh, the USA Network. So it was uh, interesting, I think, that that, uh, that rivalry is far from uh, being done. Definitely far from being done, and this it was probably the smartest way for you to mm-hmm. introduce the majority of the main roster for NXT onto television for people to see this is easily the best way to do it because now people are going to be thinking oh my goodness who was that guy who was this guy who was that man that guy looked huge and i need to see what he's going to be doing Mm -hmm. so now people are going to be interested to tune in to see who these people are to get to know them a little better yeah for sure if i had to even give a letter grade i would say it's a good solid b plus close to an a but like you had mentioned before, as we were starting to get into it here, that there, there have definitely been some criticisms, um, and most notably actually from the Young Bucks and Kenny over in uh, AEW kind of saying that, uh, kind of taking some shots and some jabs there, saying, oh, that uh, they're going to kind of get uh, tired of, uh, of watching them, especially if they're going to be in the same place all the time. I would beg to differ. I mean, NXT has been a full sale university there down in Florida for quite a while, and they have a pretty rabid uh, fan base there. So I would kind of tend to disagree with the, my boys, the Young Bucks and Kenny, on that one. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting that you bring up you know the uh, quote unquote rival mm-hmm. company. Um, I yes. wasn't thinking about any of that at all. I'm no. talking more um, fans and, and, uh, more notably NXT fans who have been watching on the network yep. and then tuned into the USA network. And a lot of them are saying it just did not feel the same. Hmm. I, I would definitely agree to a certain extent. It did feel, it was definitely a longer event, but it didn't really feel on NXT for, for my liking. Um, I guess your results may kind of vary, but, I'm sure when you, uh, when, 
yeah, for for me, I would kind of disagree with that sentiment. It it felt uh, almost kind of like a, a takeover special, kind of like put on the on, on television. If I had to kind of give you a feel for that, that's what it felt like. And I think that that could be where some of the criticisms are coming in. Yeah. If it feels too big at the very beginning, sure. are they going to be able to keep that standard <clears throat> up and keep the viewers interested in going? Or is this now going to be just something that uh, is going to fizzle out or phase away mm. almost like the 205 live television network show? I think that's where a lot yeah. of the criticisms are coming is that people think that they, did, they went too big, too quick on this very first show and that things just almost can't be better unless they're doing hmm. an actual takeover special interesting uh take on that uh, yeah i mean time will tell i think they did pretty good out of the gate there but uh we shall see going forward how nxt fares especially once aew starts airing wednesdays which actually to bring up i know it's not in our run here carl we are today is september 22nd and we still don't have a definitive answer for where aew will be airing on wednesdays here in canada Unless you've heard something that I haven't. I have not heard anything other more than Cody saying that he has not forgotten about his brothers up in Canada. <laughs> I hope not. Because, uh, of course, the rumor was TSN. I mean, I haven't heard anything about that since the last time we mentioned it up until this point. So I hope that if they, they got something going that uh, you boys have got about a week and a little bit to let us know so that we can know where to watch this stuff because we really, really want to. That's right, and hopefully soon we do hear something. I mean, I know my ways of going about to be able to see the different shows. So if I have to, I will <laughs> find the shows yeah. and watch them somehow. And I hope that I don't have to resort to my, as uh, you coined it uh, a few episodes back, to some unscrupulous ways to watch this, because I would rather not. I would rather watch it the legitimate way, so... Again, please allow that to be the case, guys. So going from NXT over to SmackDown, we've got a big match brewing for the debut on Fox. We're going to have the current WWE champion, Kofi Kingston, speaking of small 205 Live, guys, versus Brock Lesnar for that WWE championship on the debut show. That's a pretty big matchup to uh, to kick off with. Uh, well, it's not necessarily going to be the, the first match. It'll probably be the main event. Yeah, the, the, the title is going to be defended on the first episode. That's right. The first episode of SmackDown moving to the Fox Network on Friday nights will have Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston for that WWE Heavyweight Championship belt. be very interesting to see if this is just going to be a one-off for numbers Mm-hmm. Or if this is going to be a continuation with Brock Lesnar having more dates and possibly winning that belt and going forward with it for a little bit as champion. Well, that brings up the, the question. Do you think Kofi's going to make Brock eat pancakes or is Brock going to take Kofi to Suplex City? Given everything that has happened with Brock <laughs> Lesnar in the past, I mean, we can... We can almost speculate that he is going to win that championship. But then in the back of my head keeps going, well, 
Seth Rollins has beat him twice. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, going to be interesting. Interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Kofi against Brock Lesnar. I mean, just physically, when you look at the two guys, got to say, Kofi's got his work cut out for him and to see what approach they want to go with. Do they want to go with the, the New Day and um, the merch machine that, uh, that is them? Or do they want to go with uh, possibly the, the part-time champion again? Unless they can get him doing a little bit more full-time, which I can almost guarantee you Brock Lesnar will not be into doing. That's right. I mean, I can't see Brock Lesnar wanting to go to a full-time schedule either. Mm-hmm. But again, they had him as universal champion and not on a full-time schedule. It'll be very interesting. Uh, definitely a show that uh, I'm hoping that I can watch live. We'll see what my work schedule dictates here. But uh, really curious to see uh, what all the hoopla has been about when it comes to this. So going from some WWE, you know what we haven't talked about in a little while, Carl, is actually some Ring of Honor. It's been a while. One of the more interesting things that, uh, that I've seen lately was actually on a, on a very recent episode of Ring of Honor, specifically to do with Matt Taven, and a really interesting promo here that uh, do on Roosh that we'll, we'll play right here. It was one year ago. Exactly one year ago, a sold-out crowd in Arena, Mexico. And Roosh, you changed my life forever. At that anniversary show, you shaved my head in front of all your people. But what you really did was light a fire under me. What you really did was lead me to this title right there. I should thank you, Roosh, because if it wasn't for you, I probably wouldn't be the king that I am today. Roosh, you come here now to Ring of Honor and you think you can steamroll the whole competition. Well, I am not the same Matt Taven you found a year ago in Arena Mexico. I am the Ring of Honor world champion for a reason. And when Vegas comes, you need to remember one thing. Nothing happens unless I say so. Because I'm Matt Taven. So, yeah. The this promo of Matt Taven on Roosh here, one of the better ones that I've seen in a while, Carl. You know, you didn't get a chance to see the video on this when I sent you the audio, but you can just hear the intensity and just it, it was very straightforward, right to the point. It felt like an old school wrestling promo. I, I, I really liked what he did there. Very much so. That's exactly what it sounded like. Yeah. It sounded. And this is going to sound really bad, but it almost sounds <laughs> as though he just came out of promo class yeah. with all these great promo class ideas in his head fresh and then cut this promo. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah, I, that's exactly how it sounded. I don't know if it's something that uh, possibly he's been working on or if it's something that he just kind of said, you know what, I need to get back to roots. And then decided, hey, this is the way to do it. I mean, he just comes across as the guy who's not resting on his laurels. Like, he always seems to be wanting to improve. He's always defending the title. He's a hardworking guy. So I would imagine that's likely going to be the case. And this all seems to be brewing to um, a title match between him and Roosh. Now, been hearing, too, that Taven's contract might be kind of coming up here. I could very much see Roosh getting the title, and it'd be interesting to see if uh, then if that's the case. Uh, does Taven stick around in Ring of Honor, or does he go maybe to CMLL? 
because I, I think something like that would be kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know about any of the other major promotions, but uh, yeah, I mean, be interesting to see what can happen with Matt Taven going forward. Definitely, it can be. Uh, no matter where he goes, he is a star. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. The guy is talented. Uh, inside and outside the ring, but just Ring of Honor world champion. He goes out, and this is something that Ring of Honor has done quite a bit in mm-hmm. the past, but he'll go to, like, the baseball games and, you know, do media events and stuff yep. like that with the title. And, I mean, Jay Lethal was phenomenal mm-hmm. at that, but it just seems like Matt Taven is just that much better at it. So... No matter what happens, where he goes, if he stays, I think, uh, you know, the the best thing for him is to stay in Ring of Honor. Um, and if you drop that belt, well, whatever, like, go for it again. People are going to want to see Matt Taven versus Roosh, you know, again, especially if the title changes hands. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of stars, if you were watching All Elite Wrestling All Out, you saw LAX, which is, uh, of course, Santana and Ortiz showed up there, made their presence known. Well, just on the most recent episode of Impact, which, uh, yes, I did sit down and watch, believe it or not, uh, LAX, had, LAX sorry, had kind of their send-off match with, uh, sorry, versus Willie Mack and Rich Swan. This was a really damn good tag team match and a great send-off for these guys, and it was very emotional. A lot of the, the roster came out to the ring and, and kind of gave their farewell and really sending these guys off uh, in style. That is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, that there is just class and respect, especially for two guys who have... Uh, really been there uh, for a long haul helping that division of the tag team and going through so it's really nice to see that um, I, I was able to see the the kind of build up to that yeah. where uh, you know that uh, Willie Mack and Rich Swan were in the back and going no guys like you no, you can't go out that way there's no way that that can happen yeah. come on dog it's us let's go next week and then it happened and speaking of really helping uh, over there, too, um, can't forget about Conan, who's uh, been working with Santana Ortiz. Now, does he come over to AEW as well? I doubt it. I think that this is going to be now their breakout and on their own type of thing. Uh, we may see a couple of, um, you know, little vignettes and stuff like that that yeah. have Conan maybe showing up at a, at a show or two. Um but I, I think at this point, he, he's either going to go and move into more of a backstage type of role or he's going to get another tag team to build. Yeah, maybe find a new crop of talent uh, to, to help groom because, uh, damn, he's good at it. And these two guys, you know, if you're, if you're thinking at LAX and you're thinking possibly back to the old Impact days or um, Hernandez and Homicide, now these are... Two very, very different guys, but uh, very much still in that kind of same persona. And uh, say, if you hadn't had a chance to watch this new version of LAX work a match, uh, Santana Ortiz I'm talking about, do yourself a favor and find a match. These guys are extremely talented. You know, forget about the whole Latina gangster kind of thing that they kind of go on. If you just watch the actual wrestling, these guys are really, really good in there. They have good chemistry together and with their opponents. These guys really know how to work together as a tag team and, yeah. and make it like a classic 
tag team. It, it's not just a couple of guys that are thrown together. These are guys that have you know made their way up through the ranks and in the business together doing this. Mm-hmm. So just like the chemistry that the two of them have together is amazing. So as Big Joe said, you need to go and check them out. Yeah, absolutely. Do yourself a favor. I know that there's still this thing out there, and I see it all the time on social media with the internet wrestling fans and whatnot, that there's, there's still, Carl, there still seems to be the stigma with, with Impact, that people think Impact and they still think TNA, and they think all the, the negativity that kind of came along with that. And I'm just hoping that, you know, I almost kind of wish that they would have maybe picked a different name than Impact. I know that that was kind of impossible, but it just it still seems that there's this thing where people think Impact Wrestling, they think TNA, and they think negativity, and they don't watch. That you're doing yourself a big disservice by, by thinking that way. Well, I mean, unfortunately, no matter what you do, people are still going to equate yeah. it that way. You, you could change the name to the best wrestling promotion in the world (laughs) and people are still going to go, Oh, that's the former TNA wrestling. Mm -hmm. So no matter, no matter what happens with any type of name change, that that's not going to happen. The only way that that stigma is going to be removed is by impact, putting on the best possible shows they can Mm -hmm. and putting it out there to the people in every way that they possibly can. And then people are going to be able to see that, old uh, Dixie Carter, yeah. Hulk Hogan, <laughs> TNA yeah. that was there, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the, unfortunately, that's the only way that's going to happen is, you know, that they start doing good stuff, which they are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, if you haven't been watching Impact Wrestling, you, you need to. You definitely have to go and watch Impact Wrestling. They are putting on phenomenal shows and they're two hour shows but it doesn't even feel like two hours most of the time Um, they're showing you classic stuff on every show Uh, they're going into their uh, their vault so to speak of uh, wrestling videos that they've got and literally they are showing you a classic match from past years all the way from the beginning all the way from Jeff Jarrett days coming all the way through to now Nothing in succession, but they're giving you different content to take a look at as well. All the stuff that they're doing with the with the uh, the female talents over there, yeah. and the stuff that they're doing with the tag teams, and like everything is just so good over in Impact Wrestling. Do yourself a favor, give them a shot again, mm-hmm. give them a watch, and that's how Impact is going to build. For sure, putting on this good stuff, and then guys like us broadcast journalists talking to you people and telling you how good it is. Yeah, it definitely is a really great product. There's still the occasional, again, some of the stuff is kind of subjective. Like this week they had Jessica Havoc literally murdering um, Sue Young. Like they had her basically hanging her in a, uh, in a stairway. You know, some of that stuff is kind of a, can be kind of a little hit and miss. I wasn't a big fan of that angle. I get the whole undead realm thing that they're still going with that. So I know it has its appeal, but like I said, just the, the wrestling aspect and the actual wrestling product. Like I said, this match with LAX and Willie Mack and Rich, Rich Swan, uh, the Rascals, those guys over there. I mean, there's a lot of really good wrestling. There's a, some, there's a good mix too. There, there's some of the powerhouse guys like, uh, the cage and, uh, Elgin and those guys are some, 
probably one of the better women's divisions of wrestling over there too. So yeah, it, it's a, a product that, you know, said to save myself, I haven't had a chance to watch much of recently, but I sat down and watched it this week and I actually rather enjoyed it. So I'll, I'm going to try and make a, an effort to try and watch some more impact wrestling. Cause that's, uh, I'm digging what I'm seeing for the most part. So, and just the same with every company. You're not going to love everything that WWE puts out. You're not going to love <laughs> you everything Ring of Honor puts out or AEW puts out. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just the same. Like, it's... I, I don't even know why people even mention stuff like that. Oh, well, you know, uh, there's something that I didn't like. Like, who cares? Who cares if you didn't like something on it? Don't talk about the negative stuff. Mm-hmm. Talk about the positive stuff. Because, obviously, there's a lot more of that positive stuff that was happening over one segment or one match that happened that you didn't like, give it up. Who cares? It happens in absolutely every company. And if that's a reason why you're not watching the company is because of one segment or one match, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. And I don't even think you can call, call yourself or consider yourself a professional wrestling fan. Yeah. Cause I mean, even rewinding the clock now that we're thinking on an impact, I, I'm kind of rewinding the clock of a similar scenario to that where going back to when the Hardys were still uh, in impact and there was this backstage thing they're doing. It was Matt Hardy. I forget who else was involved in it. And, and I think you and I were both watching it together and it was like one of the most ridiculous things I've seen. Like they were backstage and yeah, Matt Hardy was taking this, this trash can lid and like saying delete every time they was bashing the guy in the head. It was like, it was so stupid the first time and then watched it again. And I'm, and I'm kind of like, Oh, okay, now I kind of get you know that actually found the comedy in it. So sometimes even just maybe watching this stuff back a second time, you know, you can see it from a different perspective or a different context, and then you you know you get almost kind of a light bulb moment. It's like, oh, okay, now now I now I get it. That's right, exactly. <laughs> just that, that scenario popped into my head. Just uh, it was like one of the most dumbest things that I think I've seen live. And then when I watched it the second time, I was like. I was actually laughing and I actually found some entertainment out of it. So sometimes that's all it takes. So speaking of finding some entertainment about uh, matches here, I figured we'd uh, debut kind of a new segment here this week, Carl, and we'll see if this becomes a regular here. And I thought we would, uh, before our Showstopper segment, kind of give our picks for our favorite match that we watched so far this week in the world of professional wrestling. Now, do you want to kick off with one or do you want me to say my pick first? Sure, I'll uh, I'll I'll do mine here for you guys. Um, this one is actually coming from Ring of Honor. Um, you know, something that that not a lot of people are watching, and a lot of not a lot of people are actually um, enjoying because things just aren't the most great over there right now. Yep. But there are good things that are happening over there, like this matchup between Mark Haskins and Bandito versus Marty Skrull and Brody King in a tag team match Mm. at the very end of the show. Great match. Everything about this was just point on, almost perfect. Um, Brody King being a large guy, going in there, being able to do the lucha stuff Mm -hmm. like Bandito, just everything worked and melded together for this matchup. It just worked on every level for me. Yeah, for sure. And, and this is rather interesting because 
Um, we never actually told each other what our, what our picks are going to be for this. So this is interesting that this is panning out this way because uh, my favorite match of this week is actually also from Ring of Honor, believe it or not, Carl, and involves some similar talent. Match between Marty Skrull and Bandito uh, from a re- very recent episode of Ring of Honor. That was my favorite match this week. It was it was a good, solid... I mean, you put Marty Skrull and Bandito in a ring together and give them some time to work, you got a really good match on your hands. It was excellent. Great work back and forth. A lot of good psychology. Just It, it was it was my favorite match of this week. It was, it was fun to watch. And you see, there you go, people. So even, even all of you out there <laughs> that are thinking, oh, Ring of Honor is dying and maybe, you know, another company mm. is going to be buying Ring of Honor and what's going to happen to it. Clearly, this is showing that... With everything that's out there, including Impact, uh, New Japan, including WWE, including AAA, including everything that's available for us to watch, we both chose something from Ring of Honor. So, again, if you're not watching Ring of Honor because of whatever, some reason from the past, you need to give it another shot and go and take a look and see what is happening with these other wrestling promotions. Yeah. And like I said, completely blind picks. We didn't tell each other what we were going to pick, and we both happened to pick Ring of Honor, which we actually haven't really talked a whole ton about lately. And both of our picks came from that company. I just uh, I didn't see that coming. So that was uh, interesting that that, that kind of panned out that way. It's uh, interesting how things happen sometimes. Definitely it is. <laughs> now, um, before we hit our break and our showstopper segment, I want to talk about something that isn't on the run here, okay. but for us anyways in Canada, I think you know where I'm going with this. I'm mm-hmm. very, very happy to hear this. So I'm going to read um, maybe not the entire thing, but I'm going to read a good majority of the actual press release sure. from Canadian Wrestling's Elite. So Canadian Wrestling's Elite has essentially taken over ownership of high-impact wrestling. So now I'm sure a lot of you are going, I don't even know what high-impact wrestling is. I don't know what you know Canadian Wrestling's Elite is or anything like that. They're out there. Check them out. Facebook, YouTube, it's all out there. High-impact wrestling has been in operation for nearly 21 years. Wow. Based out in Saskatchewan and has just done wonders for the professional wrestling business in Canada, at least anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, they run shows regularly uh, in both Regina and, and Saskatoon. Um, and CWE is taking over ownership of that company they're going to be continuing to run monthly shows in those areas and all of this is going to come in effect as of 2020 Hmm. january 2020 so it's expanding its operations in saskatchewan to fulfill the uh high impact wrestling schedule of regular events uh in both of those regions as well the tour will continue to go through those areas as well. Hmm. So they're going to be getting uh, best of both worlds here. 
Um, CWE, first and foremost, is going to, you know, continue its open door policy of working with and and encouraging others in the marketplace to have active cooperation uh, for the betterment of the wrestling business in not only in Canada, but uh, all over as well. Um, high impact wrestling stars are, you know, going to be coming in and they are all on board for CWE. So they are all going to be underneath the CWE umbrella. Now, the tradition of champions and championships of high impact wrestling will not go to waste either. Um, as of the, that writing, the time of this writing, there is an active plan of action to continue recognizing the promotions high impact wrestling's central canadian championship underneath the cwe umbrella Hmm. so it is one of the longest active titles in the country of canada and it would be a disservice to really take that lineage away so they're going to continue it underneath the cwe name so huge news for our friend Danny Duggan uh, coming in and being able to take high impact wrestling and merge into Canadian wrestling's elite. This is huge news and only good things to come of this for the world of professional wrestling in Canada. So it sounds like Danny with CW, they essentially absorbed the other company, but then still keeping the talent in, uh, in their championship. That's correct. At least that one championship because of the uh, history and longevity of that championship hmm. in Canada. Interesting. I, I dig it. Um, as you had mentioned, uh, I'm definitely one of the people that uh, when you had mentioned, I went, who? <laughs> so uh, I'll definitely have to look into them uh, some more to kind of learn about their history because it sounds like they've been around for a while. So, yeah, some interesting stuff and uh, always good to hear some wrestling news when it comes to Canada and uh, CW continues to, to grow. And it's been uh, interesting uh, being involved in some small capacity. So I'm curious to see um, with the, if we could even see some more growth coming soon. That's right. And I mean, the other championships that are there, um, they're going to obviously be doing something with them, whether come the uh, full takeover in 2020, whether they have some, uh, Um, series of dream match unification matches to happen for those championships with CWE and HIW titles to unify them underneath the one lineage moving forward. That's probably going to happen. And then a big success for HIW as well is their quarterly big four events. Um, To my understanding, those events will continue as CWE Saskatchewan exclusives. So we're looking at the Pile of Bones Rumble, the King's Challenge, Spring Meltdown, and Battle Arts. So for those of you out in Saskatchewan, those events are going to continue just underneath the CWE name, but you're still going to have those. So that's amazing that Danny has has decided to come in and, and even keep the lineage and keep some of the events and championships and stuff like that from this this historic company. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very nice to see that he hasn't just totally dismissed everything and and just really tells you who Danny is when it comes to actual um, you know lineage of professional wrestling in Canada and and how much he loves the professional wrestling business to keep tradition going. Yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, Carl, we're going to take a brief break here. We're going to come back with our showstopper segment. And we have a pretty, this is actually a topic that I'm surprised that we've never tackled before, but we're going to this week. And it's going to be a pretty in-depth conversation. I'm not going to give it away yet. You're going to have to tune in to find out after this. This week's episode is brought to you by Silly Rabbit Vape Shop, located at 647 Queen Street East in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Canada. Mention Turnbuckle Talk for a discount on all of your vape juice and hardware. What's up, peeps, freaks, and geeks? This is Jargo from the Hidden Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast right here at the Roar Network, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl. Hey, guys. Big Joe and Carl Carafel back here on Turnbuckle Talk. Yes, we are, guys, and we are at our favorite time of the show. This has become a staple for us, and we're so happy that it has you guys interacting with us on our social medias mm-hmm. at TB Talk Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter have said that you enjoy these as well. So happy that you guys do. Keep all of that coming. Talk to us on our social media and let us know what you guys think of our show. Stopper segments. Yeah. All right, Carl. This week we have, uh, I'm going to say this qualifies definitely as a doozy. Is professional wrestling a sport? Um, I just, out of the blue, we thought of this topic, and as soon as I thought of it, I was like, yeah, we, we, we got to do this one. It's a pretty big topic. Is professional wrestling a sport? You're going to get some different approaches here. You're going to get the approach of me, a fan that's been watching for the better part of three years, and you're going to get the approach of somebody who also has been watching for the better part of three years and has also competed in the ring. So you're going to get some different takes here. I'll let you go first on this, Carl. What's your your opinion on professional wrestling being a sport? It definitely is a sport. And I only say this, and I know that there's going to be backlash and whatever, but you got to think of this. I, I understand that, you know, outcomes are predetermined. I get it. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're having to go out there, and we had to we had to train. We had to make sure that we were in shape, just like a baseball player, yep. just like a football player, just like a hockey player. We still had to go and train. We had training regimens that we had to do. We had our own personal training, as in workouts, that we had to do as well. So, I mean, just as in any other sport... You're going through, you know, grade school, high school, college, university, all the way through to the big time. And you're learning and you're training for this. Same thing with professional wrestling. There are schools that you have to go to for professional wrestling that teach you and guide you and show you just as all these other quote unquote sports do it's just not as mainstream, I guess, as some of the other sports that are out there. We're still going out there and, and putting our bodies on the line. We're still being physical. Uh, we're, they even have, like, uh, football tackles, mm-hmm. essentially, that happen in professional wrestling. That's what a right? spear is, like, essentially. <laughs> yeah, like, yep. that's, it's, it's, it's a sport. I mean, I, I, I don't know how much more clear I can make it, but just like every other sport that that's physical, 
professional wrestling is physical as well. So just because an ending is predetermined, I don't think that that should take away at all from it be being considered a sport. For, for me, like I said, we're getting some different approaches. Carl has been a fan just as long as, as I have and has also competed in the ring. I, I've just been an observer for, for all these years and very much enjoyed the, the bulk of it. For me, is professional wrestling a sport? Absolutely it is. Is it like every other sport out there? Absolutely not. As we mentioned, you know, things are predetermined and choreographed to a certain extent. But just the, the training and the the work that goes into this, you, you, when you look at it, you just you can't not call it an athletic endeavor. In, endeavor sorry, I mean, these guys and girls work very physically hard on all of this stuff. And uh, for, for that reason alone and the training and everything like that, it, I cannot call it a sport. It's a very unique sport. It's unlike every any other sport out there, but it is definitely a sport. You know, and and like the sports, there's different paths that uh, some of these wrestlers take. Some of them have to spend years and years and years working at it to get to the to the very top. Some inherit almost kind of through family lineage uh, and like other sports as well. So there's some similarities and there's some differences, absolutely. But is it a sport? Oh hell yeah. And honestly, you can't tell me that, um, you know, all these these guys that have these amazing number of football championships and all these football championship rings. Yeah. Yeah. It's a work. (laughs) It's definitely a work. There's no way that Tom Brady would have all of these. It's it's all predetermined as well, people. I'm getting very conspiracy theorist on us right mm. now, but it's got to be. There is no way that we can have, you know, because of one player moving from one team to another, yeah. that that team now mysteriously is good enough to win, you know, any type of championship. No, come on. <laughs> Yep. So for that reason alone as well, I say that professional wrestling is a sport because all the sports are rigged and it's a work. Then, since you mentioned that in, in, in football, of course, there there is a show on, on this network called HGM Sports with uh, Jargo and Rick. Now, if you've had a chance to watch any football recently, you had mentioned it being fixed or being at work. With some of the, the referees and the officiating going on in the NFL this year, Ooh, I'm inclined to agree with you on some of the stuff because uh, some very questionable stuff to say the very least going on. <laughs> so, and there isn't much more that I can say than that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Carl. Unless there's any kind of uh, breaking news kind of going on, um, I think that about wraps up for this week. I think so as well. I have been watching the social medias and all of the news very closely as we do this program just as i always do i mean i think maybe the only thing that might be of any type of news is that we have someone who is interested apparently in joining all elite wrestling Um, and maybe this is something that we can look at a little bit further down the road if anything comes of this but David Benoit apparently has talked about wanting to join all elite wrestling. That last name is kind of, can always be kind of a touchy subject. Um, for me, for any breaking news, I think the only couple things that are maybe no, noteworthy of mentioning 
while we were off air briefly here, Carl, we had mentioned that uh, Jushin Thunder Liger recently uh, had a match unmasked. Uh, his face still covered in face paint, so still kind of obscuring his identity, but that very much a different thing for him. And also, uh, I have seen a little bit about this uh, from multiple sources. It does appear as though Hacksaw Jim Duggan um, has been hospitalized recently. So uh, send your thoughts and prayers and uh, hope that, uh, that he um, is doing okay. Yeah, and on top of that, just so that everybody knows, um, Deborah, his wife, has actually uh, sent out uh, something on Instagram, so on social media, and uh, she she wrote that this picture is a few hours, hours after his second emergency surgery in 24 hours. He had a severe infection, but we think we got all of it now. Although he will be in the hospital for a few more days, thank you all for your continued thoughts and prayers. So that was just recently that that was uh, posted out there. So I saw Jim Duggan, one of the, uh, one of the greats and one of my favorites growing up. So yeah, fingers crossed that he pulls through, you know, winner of the very first Royal Rumble and one of those real wrestling talents out there that didn't always necessarily need a, need a title around his waist, just that his persona and his character work and his in-ring work spoke for itself. So uh, a true legend. And uh, we hope that he's around for a long time to come. Okay. Well, that wraps it up. And uh, I guess we will see you guys on the next one. Ciao. Thanks for tuning in to Turnbuckle Talk. This is Vinny DaVinci here with Joel and Carl. All your wrestling information and news coming right at you live here on the podcast.